Hubhopper Originals. Re-energized, revitalized, and more than important, ready to go for episode seven of the unofficial VAR, a Hubhopper Original. I'm your host Prasad Bhutkar, and I've got the band back together with me. It's Supratim Gupta and Slomo Samuel. Well, um, Supratim and me took a short vacation to Goa, and uh, Slomo is here. Slomo, did you miss us, by the way? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, definitely. I I heard you had a funny encounter with an. English fan back there, and he was he a big Harry Kane supporter? No, no, not at all. And we will talk about that when we discuss the North London derby. But Supro, how are you doing after the Goa trip, mate? Yeah, absolutely. As you said, re-energized and revitalized, and I'm here to discuss football like we always do. Fantastic. Did you happen to catch the? Uh, uh, semi-final in uh, uh, Patorda. Uh, we we were late for that. We were very late, but um, yeah, we did kind of get the last thirty minutes, and uh, Chennai City kind of blew it away. But uh, let's get back to our agenda of this episode, and uh, it was a derby uh, weekend, the super derby weekend, like we called it last episode. Let's start with the North London derby, guys. Uh, Supro one-one at. Wembley, so close, Arsenal to winning that game. Yeah. Some chances missed, crucial ones. Some shambolic refereeing, some um, uh, very heated, uh, uh, you know, encounters, and uh, some red cards that should have been given but not given. A red card that controversially was given. <laughs> so much to discuss on that. Let's start with the game. What did you make of the game? Yeah, before the game, if someone had told me that whether will we take a draw before the game, and I was like, okay, fine, absolutely, because it's a North London derby, and away from home, Arsenal haven't performed to the expectations that we always keep of them in, in winning derbies. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? A point is go- a good point, but the way we performed throughout the game, the way we compact throughout the game, we didn't get let Spurs take a lot many chances. I think this defeat feels more like a loss. And also, as you said, the officials uh, had made quite a few wrong decisions throughout the game. Uh, Danny Rose uh, made a very bad tackle uh, in Leno's uh, Leno's chest, and he somehow got away with it. And we we also lost Torreira in the game. I think it was a f- fair tackle, a tackle uh, worthy of a yellow card at max. But Absolutely. I don't know how Taylor gave him a red card, and then there was Harry Kane's. Offside penalty goal where he was clearly offside and which after the offside the foul happened. There is a misconception that a foul happened before the penalty, but that's not true. Mm. The mm. offside took first and then after that the penalty, uh, the foul happened. And uh, Taylor uh, fails to spot spot the the, the linesman fails to spot the mm. offside line over there and mm. in the end uh, uh, we were having a bad luck throughout the second half and it culminated to the point that Aubameyang misses second uh, missed the penalty as well. So. Overall, a bad second half for Arsenal, but given the way we performed throughout the game, I think we can take a lot of positives. Uh, uh, Prasad, I think even Sanchez had sh- uh, shoved Lacazette. Yeah, that's where I was coming. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm coming. And Sanchez also stamped uh, on Koscielny, right? Yeah. You know, he I kicked Koscielny. Yeah, oh, and so that's two, uh, I think. Absolutely. And what happens is that uh, what happens is that the FA, after reviewing the incident, have not imposed a ban. I mean, you have Pochettino who's gone. Uh, face to face with Mike Dean after full time you have Harry Kane that's headbutted Aspilicueta you had uh, Davison Sanchez do that you you have these uh, players doing that and escaping with a ban is it uh, it's a disgrace isn't it and what will uh, VAR do in terms of uh, overturning that I don't know but the unofficial VAR will always bring you some good footballing content and so bro 
Socrates, what an immense uh, performance from the guy. Kept Harry Kane in his pocket. Uh, it's an unbiased opinion, guys. We are Arsenal fans, you know that. But it's it what it is. And Montreal was also immense. Mikitarian was also superb. Can you t- describe the performances of the three, especially Socrates and also Leno? Yeah, especially Socrates because at the start of the season, it was, it seemed like he was slowly uh, blending into Arsenal. But right now. He's our best defender in the back four that we play. And he actually carries Mustafi and Koscielny throughout the game because Koscielny is getting older and he's not as fast as he used to be. And Mustafi always has an error in him. And he, by the way, committed an error on Kane for which it led to a penalty. So, without a doubt, he's our best defender. And twice this season now, he has kept Kane in his pocket in both the, in both the derbies in the Premier League. And as you also mentioned, Mkhitaryan had an excellent game. I think after the injury, he looks a different player completely. His off-the-ball work rate is superb and that is one of the reasons why Emery played him. And he has been contributing well into the attack as well. Against Bournemouth, he and Ozil combined really well for Mm. both the goals. Mm. And even Mm. against uh, Tottenham, he looked very dangerous. I think his final ball is still an issue for me. I think it it can improve also his cutbacks, but slowly he's getting there and we are seeing the Mkhitaryan that we saw at Dortmund. True, true. And Montreal, I feel, is the most underrated player in the Premier League (laughs) at the moment because week in, week out, he's putting excellent performances and even at his age where people are expecting him to lose his pace and, you know, become a defensive suspect, he's putting in really good performances. So, yeah, overall, as I said before, Arsenal have a lot of positives to take from this game and especially Leno whose double save made sure that wow, Arsenal wow. went 1-0 inside the first half. Wow, absolutely. Absolutely. And Supra, who can forget Mikitarian going back all the way to our box and saving yeah, the yeah. cross from the counter. That's the shift that he puts in. And that's the Mikitarian we've seen. But Shlomo, there's one more player I'm going to come to you. And his name is Aaron Ramsey, the king of Wembley. He steps up at Wembley, isn't it? It's yeah. his turf. It's yeah. his yard, yeah. as they, they say. So, uh, we all uh, remember 2014 and 2017, the... Uh, FA Cup. Cup finals and uh, Prasad I think before the game around 5.15 I was just checking my Twitter and I saw your tweet saying let him score one last time at uh, Wembley and yeah, I think uh, he did that uh, Prasad's prophecy kind of came true at the <laughs> Wembley and uh, his uh, his goal was a Sanchez error um, Arsenal put the ball ahead Sanchez failed to care uh, Lacazette with another assist uh, in his game and I think and, and Ramsey just uh, uh, rounded Loris and and scored, but I think an underrated feature of an of the current Arsenal team is Lacazette with his with the amount of assists he's uh, putting. I think he's got nine assists for yes. uh, uh, this season in the Premier League. And uh, coming to Ramsey, also I'm I'm sad to uh, see him go uh, to way. Hmm. He'll be waking up in uh, Turin, like say uh, this time next year. And, He'll be thinking like, oh, if he's having a bad time, he always has the memories of a goal at in 2014 where we uh, we won a trophy after nine years in 2017 where we beat the favorites Chelsea at uh, Wembley again. Um, Ramsey has been putting in shifts. I don't know. I'm keeping my, my fingers crossed and hope somehow Emery puts in a contract and he doesn't go to away but maybe that's just like a distant dream uh, yeah that's a distant dream the contracts have been done let's come back to reality and the thing is the, the lines that you mentioned Peter Drury isn't it an evergreen 
commentator as i say well, supro let's talk about the misses now that could have given arsenal the three points and especially the first one the lacazette miss the second one when monreal pulled it back uh, you also had obamayang miss a penalty in the dying yeah. seconds so uh, you know uh, let's look at it that way had could obamayang have buried lacazette's chance and had lacazette taken the penalty would he have buried it yeah that's a good question and maybe he would have they would have converted those chances and maybe they couldn't have because Lacazette and Aubameyang are such strikers that they can score the difficult goals but when it comes to simple chances they have that tendency to miss those chances and Aubameyang has an history of doing that at Arsenal he did that with his Chelsea away from home even Lacazette has missed some pretty easy chances for Arsenal at the Emirates so maybe they could have scored maybe they couldn't have but overall I felt that in the second half especially Arsenal had a really bad half in terms of luck in terms of decisions going against them so on but the as a team i think supro they played better than tottenham right yeah i felt so even i felt that because arsenal were more compact they recognized that tottenham were uh, are a very dominant side in the midfield so they packed the midfield and denied tottenham the space in the central areas and gave trippier and rose the outside and they were pretty inefficient with the cross as well because arsenal was dealing it very very comfortably and as a result, we scored the first goal through a counter inside our own half. And I think we could have uh, really killed off the game had Lacazette scored that chance. A 2-0 game over. It's a derby and I don't see Tottenham coming back. But as I said, we missed the chance and uh, the referee decisions were against us and also the luck was pretty bad. Uh, coming to the last uh, segment on the North London derby, uh, Prasad, what do you think of Emery's formation uh, before the game? Because when I saw the squad, I was pretty surprised there was no uh, Kolasinac and no Aubameyang. So, what did you think of that and what was your uh, reaction at first? Well, before the derby, as Supro said, if you asked me if you would be happy with the point, I would have said yes. But uh, seeing the way Emery's side played, it was spot on. The tactics yeah. were there. They wanted to Spurs to have the ball, knowing that Spurs are very good on counter-attack and... Uh, they let them have the ball. They defended well in two blocks. Mikitari and Monreal, um, you know, putting in the shift, and it kind of didn't allow Danny Rose and um, Trippier the spaces, and then that led to them uh, going in inwards. So I think Emery was spot on. The only thing that lacked, you know, uh, in the game was the finishing which could have given him the three points mind you because there have been times when his uh, tactics have been questioned but he does have a plan going into a big game and that's what arsenal fans want to see yeah. so pro am i missing anything anything related to the m word mustafi <laughs> mustafi bashing let's begin it early <laughs> <laughs> so so uh shlomo 1-1 uh tottenham 61 points third place united are now into fourth place with their 3-2 win over Southampton. Romelu Lukaku with two very good goals. Andres Pereira with a screamer. It was a game of screamers, to be very honest, at Old Trafford. And uh, Arsenal are fifth with 57. But the race for the fourth spot is heating up, especially when Chelsea have now won 2-1 at Fulham and have a game in hand and are on 56 points. So, it, it before it was like four teams... Uh, three teams, one spot. Now it's four teams and two spots and anything can happen. But let's just go where the business is being held and that's the Merseyside derby. It was a nil-nil. Liverpool drawing their fourth game in uh, six, four in six and dropping eight points. Now find themselves one point behind Manchester City who won one-nil away to Bournemouth. Another uh, tough but grinding out results is what matters, isn't it, Slomo? And yeah. uh, what did you make of the Merseyside derby? Uh, 
I think it's seen as a victory for Everton in the Mercedes Derby. They haven't won in 19 encounters in the Mercedes Derby, and it's uh, they last won at the Mercedes Derby in 2010. That's close to a decade now. They uh, haven't won, and uh, honestly, I think uh, Everton came prepared. Uh, Marco Silva wanted a defensive lineup, and he uh, came up trumps uh, uh, against a Klopp side which wanted to win, but they uh, couldn't really. grind out the uh, the required result they won final the previous game but uh, uh, liverpool are currently uh, blowing hot and cold and this i feel might just affect the title race which is still not decided but it's really really inching towards the city title uh, yet again that's where i bring supro in and supro you've been very uh, outright on twitter saying that the title hasn't defended in since 2008 9 do you yeah. think that you your statement still stands to will liverpool still win the league with 10 games to go yeah it's uh, opinion purely based on hunch that liverpool win the title this year because they have been really good defensively as well as offensively maybe they haven't scored the number of goals that they did at this time last year around but in the merseyside derby you know if the, it was a uh, liverpool side of last year maybe they would have considered a goal and lost that derby but this year liverpool have been so solid defensively especially van dijk who has been the linchpin of that liverpool defense and even uh, they even the uh, even salah you know he missed so many one on one chances now, now that it feels like he is not the big game player that everyone thinks of him to be but last year he was performing in the big games I I remember him scoring in the two goals in the, the two legs at semi-final versus Roma. Then he scored a few goals at home as well against Arsenal. But then everybody scores against Arsenal like <laughs> against this defense. So there are a number of positives that Liverpool can take. But then uh, Manchester United, uh, Manchester City, I'm sorry, still has to play a lot of away games. They just still have to go to Old Trafford to play Manchester United in the derby. And Liverpool have their home uh, have the big games at home against Tottenham and Chelsea. So. I still think on the on a holistic point of view Liverpool are still the favorites to win this title because I see Manchester City dropping points away from home but this is the one of the best title races at, at the Premier League has seen True 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 very true and uh, one more thing before we move on from the Premier League is Supro the wind is at fault the grass is at uh, fault heart is at fault fire is at fault water is at fault and captain planet is also at fault what exactly is Klopp doing Yeah he's so full of shit with his excuses Like he won't blame his players, which I get it. You know, you yeah, don't want to. You don't want to blame your players yeah, in the public. But why do you give such stupid excuses? Arsene did that. Is Arsene did that a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but Arsene never gets such stupid excuses <laughs> like the wind was in our favor, the water was dry, the beer in Germany made sure that our players were high or that's whatever. That's left, isn't it? That yeah. will be his next. Like, <laughs> there's there's a scene in a a Bollywood film called uh, Dhamal where the the horse eats eats the grass and there's no grass there. So I think that should be one of the reasons where Klopp can talk about that Goda grass and Goda. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, against Manchester City, that was their excuse that they Manchester City left the grass, you know, more. It the grass wasn't cut, so Goda had that. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. couldn't play their passing. All, and all even that sort of and Supro in at at Leicester there was the snow and then the water. water logging that uh, he complained about but guys that's the premier league and it's uh, heating up here manchester city have taken lead in the uh, title race they are now one point above liverpool and we have another interesting title race brewing up in germany i'd like to jump straight to germany supro and bvb 9 points clear at one winning that uh, big game against bayern munich and now are level on points 
not winning a single game or just winning i think one game in february but um, that's uh, bvb you know now they are level on points bayern 5-1 victors over munchen gladback uh, is this a statement of intent from bayern who have slowly leveled up on points yeah and also down to the fact that uh, dortmund have lost so much ground a bottle job because in liverpool it seems but they are still ahead on goal difference and that's what keep keeps the tigers alive keeps dortmund apart from bayern munich and this also makes the bayern munich versus dortmund fixture in april so crucial now because both teams can afford to drop points they are at such a stage of the season where the games are now coming thick and fast there are not a lot of games left the title race is, uh, the season is very cl- close to a grandstand finish and bundesliga has written one of the best title races since 2011 so everyone will be hoping that it goes down to the wire also Prasad, yeah. uh, so uh, what do you think of the bundesliga title race who I'm, who uh, do you think are favorites right now well clearly i want bvb to win you know why i am a guy who enjoys competition and uh, to be very 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 honest uh, uh, it's been a long time since we've seen this uh, title race brewing up the way it has lucien favre is kind of revamped the dortmund side is bought in those youngsters marco royce has uh, found his, and he's become he's a new player he's rejuvenated himself godse has rejuvenated himself um you have uh, and, and you know if, if, when it's a one horse race it gets pretty boring you know like the one that's happening in italy but um, this is the uh, league to watch after the premier league some, some might say before that's your personal opinion but i clearly clearly want uh, bvb to win the title only for the fact that you know um, there is a new winner and there is more and more competitions i think supro will second that with me yeah absolutely and slomo uh, italy let's go to italy now and uh, juventus 16 points clear against napoli <laughs> yeah. um yeah. another scudetto in the bag i should yeah. say isn't it yeah so it's uh, they won two uh, uh, one against napoli and yeah. um, they went 16 points clear which is i think that just sums up the title is there it's done dusted and i think ua will have to concentrate on the second leg in madrid versus uh, atletico madrid and i think that's that's their game of the season for them if they turn up there they might just go on to win the champions league uh, but coming back to uh, seria a there's a hot race for the fourth spot now uh, happening it's ac milan at third Inter in fourth yeah. and uh, Roma in fifth. Um, uh, Roma, by the way, they lost the uh, Rome uh, the Rome derby to Lazio by a huge like a three nil margin, which Correct. was kind of surprising because uh, Roma have been uh, winning their past few uh, games. I think against Frosinone they had a ninety fifth uh, minute winner. Yeah, Jacko. Uh, I didn't Jacko winner. Yeah, so this was a big loss to Roma, and I can only feel the. Roma uh, fans they have their own anger because I had seen a Rome derby oh. back in 2017 and they were breaking seats so I think oh, wow. that should be a scene now in Rome but um, it will be interesting to see if a- AC Milan can hold on to their third spot in the league and um, we might just see the uh, renaissance of 
AC Milan back in Italy. Wow, which, and which we all have been hoping for since like a good five six years now. Correct, and yeah. here's a fact: Gattuso completing fifty games as AC Milan manager, more than tw- just twenty uh, five and uh, wins in the league, fifty uh, percent win ratio. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of taken the players, grabbed them at the scuff of the neck, and just uh, uh, bring brought about the renaissance, as you said, of AC Milan. Yeah. Inter Milan are, by the way, stumbling. Yeah. Which uh, it looked like the fourth spot would be between uh, Milan. Lazio and Roma is it is now coming into picture that the third spot is also for taking and Milan have pipped Inter and the Milan and the uh, Milan derby will be consequential in deciding who gets a heads up in the third place well Napoli are second with 56 you never know what might happen Juventus are first and they go 16 points clear that's three leagues done and dusted guys we don't have to talk about the French league because it's more than over and um, Supro, are we missing out on any key points? There's one more thing that we we missed last time, but we would like to address it now. The return of Brendan Rogers, <laughs> and that personally gives me a lot of uh, f- uh, you know faith and a lot of um, uh, content to speak about because the Twitter handle deluded Brendan is back. It it's always been there, but now it's back more than ever. <laughs> Supro, Brendan Rogers coming back. Do you think he can? Change the face of Leicester City. Well, he was he seemed pretty excited to join Leicester, leaving Celtic midway. Uh, that, that was a bit surprising for him because Celtic still have a lot of games to play to win the title, to yeah. retain the title. Yeah. But I think uh, Le- Brendan Rodgers wanted to get away from Scotland as soon as possible because clearly the competition there compared to the competition in the Premier League is, you know, the, the Premier League is a much more superior league than the Scottish Premier League. So. I get it why he wants to join Leicester and he has a good core of players over there. Demare Gray, there is Harry Maguire, then hmm. there's Pereira, there's Chilwell, you know, Jamie Vardy can, you know, get an upsurge in form now since uh, Claude Poole is gone. There, there, was, there was obviously a, a, a big beef over there between the manager and the player. Hmm. And now Brendan Rodgers has, his, has the team to you know to finish the season strongly but more so prepare for next season as well because clearly the owners want Leicester City to have some sort of European football whether it's the Europa League or even the Champions League or, or and win a trophy which can come in the form of a domestic cup absolutely Slomo is there anything you would like to add up oh uh, yeah so I think Leicester under Ben Rogers sh- should be pushing for a Europa League spot because they have the uh, squad they have the talent to push for a Europa League spot. Um, Leicester, I think, have been a little under the wind. They have faced a few player mutiny, the uh, Vardy controversy. And I think it's time to see the Leicester of 2016 now back again. Mm, And guys, uh, there are people messaging me who might listen or who might listen. We have to speak about the Spanish League, the league in which Lionel Messi plays, the league in which Cristiano Ronaldo once played. Supro, uh, Barcelona 1-0 victors at uh, New Camp Slomo, 12 points clear at the top. Is the title race over? Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's uh, pretty much over in, in the La Liga. They have gone 12 points clear and uh, Barcelona, uh, people were saying it was kind of a, like a, not a typical El Clasico, but... Uh, I think Barcelona's defense, which had a PK and a Linglet, they had 12, I think, blocks uh, th- uh, th- uh, throughout the game, and mm. uh, that was a really to see and I an eye opener for Barcelona and how they marshal their uh, defense so well. 
against i say a very toothless real madrid attack hmm super um out of the copa del rey 12 points uh, is the deficit between real madrid and barcelona uh what do what hope of a uh, glimmer of hope do real madrid have in this season considering the fact that they are about to sell a lot of players also considering their stadium thing finish in the champions league and hire pochettino in the summer <laughs> that's the only glimmer of of hope they have because in the past they have tried managers who have had no experience at all and you know won champions league with them in the form of zidane mm. but at the moment it seems like that way of playing football is coming to an end they cannot take any more risk right now because the players they have they are also aging they are also they seem to be in a decline marcel is a clear standout example of that and they have to invest in a squad where benzema who was in the shadow of cristiano ronaldo for so many years he was getting away with you know not performing to his potential but now the onus is on him to give to deliver the goals and he has not been performing to the potential that we know he can and gareth bale again he has been blowing hot and cold throughout the season it's uh it's a surprise that vinicius junior has stepped up big time this season his finishing has let him down but performances have been really good and madrid know that if they want to challenge barcelona for the la liga title they've only won two titles in 10 years yep that has been the dominance of barcelona so yep. they have to break that dominance and for to, for that to happen they need to invest in players and i think hedan hazard's time to join real madrid has finally arrived and now there's only the champions league to play which for for which they're not the favorites but every year they they underperform the la liga at the mm, stage of the season mm. but in the champions they, they are a completely different team and they'll be looking to replicate that uh, you know feat again this season also atletico madrid won 2-0 against real sociedad real alvaro morata scoring a brace yes you heard me right alvaro morata has scored a goal not one but two and overall three uh, it's the premier league curse isn't it and um atletico clearly are favorites to seal that second spot until and unless there's a slump or maybe anything but let's turn our attention now to the midweek which has the champions league and yes the second legs are back more most of them have been uh, decided in the first leg you could say that but uh, in the champions league anything can happen in those 90 minutes and guys tottenham versus bvb bvb have a three goal deficit they uh, spurs go to the signal edona park on the back of two losses and a draw slomo do you think that a turnaround is possible um no i don't think so there's a dortmund turnaround possible they have a, a done it in 2013 versus uh, versus malaga but yep. uh, i don't think so because this first side is too uh, strong and they they have been playing well uh, away consistent on a consistent basis they, they have they i i think they drew at uh, barcelona in in the group stage so yes, that is a commendable uh, result and i don't see a of dortmund turned out maybe if they score in the first half an hour two goals then you might just see a comeback for the ages supro um, you know um, bvb it's it's a question that's been popping all around that uh, can bvb make a comeback especially after their league form has been so dry and uh, what glimmer of hope can lucien favre give his players and what should be the approach in this game Yeah, I would love to Tottenham bottle this, but I don't <laughs> think it will happen because Signal is a far too big deficit, and I think Lucien Favre will just say his players to go out and express themselves because they have nothing to lose. You know, even if they, even if they lose this game, nobody will re- nobody will really complain because their mountain is too big to climb. And Tottenham will play free attacking football, try to you know press from the start, try to pressurize the Tottenham defense, and maybe you know a surprise can happen, but. 
at the moment Tottenham seem to be the far better side and mm-hmm. even if Tottenham get eliminated from the Champions League they won't complain because their sides are fully the solely focused on the Bundesliga uh, absolutely well slow mo real madrid and ajax ram yeah. was suspended because of yeah. deliberately deliberately getting himself booked do you think ajax have a turn around in them can turn around this tie um i don't think so because madrid also have two away goals from the first leg and yep. uh, uh, madrid usually turn up in the champions league we all know that even if they're poor team this season they should at the very least reach the semi finals where they they might face a much stronger side in the in the form of city or a uv maybe but i don't see i uh, i don't see i uh, ajax not uh, yeah ajax uh, giving yeah. them a, a tough fight and i see and i see madrid going through in the to the quarter finals yeah so uh, one more game that's left to play is psg and united is that's left to discuss and uh, psg have a two away goal lead in uh, the tie and also ensuring the fact that uh, is there a turnaround possible there slow mo supro anything of you the psg matches united game hmm i expect psg to lead 4-0 at half time and ole gunnar solskjaer <laughs> screaming his lungs out and uttering the words which i i cannot speak on the mic at the moment uh, because i i saw a tweet you shared and um, there uh, there is so much to look forward to also um the unofficial var and everyone here would like to uh, uh, you know give uh, put out our sincerest condolences uh, the one year passing away of david astori uh, yeah. which was uh, which which was the first death anniversary of the player a tragic death that happened one year ago and um, i hope you've loved this episode of the unofficial var we are putting out two episodes every week this is our seventh episode there's so much to look forward to the champions league nights are back again the second leg is back also there's one more thing to add is that the daylight saving will be will starting again and that means 12:15 kickoffs are back so hey guys i hope you follow the unofficial var a hub hopper original make sure that you give us a feedback and make sure to follow us on twitter slowmo samuel masin the gunner supro afc here's your host prasad butkar signing out with supro and slowmo bye bye guys bye bye i hope you enjoyed this hub hopper original podcast if you want to get started with your own show please do get in touch we'd love to have you on board send an email to info@hubhopper.com that's info@hubhopper.com and we'll get back to you in a flash. We're looking forward to creating some great audio content together.